Hey, this is Mateo Lane. I'm Emma Wilman. And this is Inside the Closet. Inside the Closet. All right, we're back with another episode of Inside the Closet. I'm sitting in an empty studio with Emma on the phone. And I am in a lobby of the Airbnb I'm staying in. So, first of all, this is how dedicated we are to our eight fans, that we are doing an episode across the goddamn country, making yeah. Emma wake up early. No, I... You know what? I It was funny, because when we were setting up a time... Uh, Mateo and the producer Alex were worried about they'd be so early here. I'm getting up at like six o'clock in LA because I'm on New York time. Oh, so all yeah. of a sudden, I'm like a super morning person. Uh, well, aren't you also waking? First of all, we have to. I mean, we have so much. I don't even know what to. I don't even know where to begin. We have so much to catch well, up on. You're <laughs> well, on a television say- show, and I met Janet Jackson. Get out of here. Uh, well, when How I say I met her, I was me I was less than five feet away from her. But to me, that's meeting Janet Jackson. Can I tell you something? I am so impressed with your self-control that you didn't say that before and you saved it for right now. What? Let's start with, just tell me about that and then I'll tell you about the TV. But I, okay, well, first, I was in the Out 100. I was one of the Out 100 this year and um, yes, my naked... And the picture, <laughs> if you check out the picture, Mateo has a chicken in front of his penis. It's I a think. rubber chicken. Originally, we were going to do one where I'm like holding my crotch and I was like holding a, an, a smiley face emoji, but then I think you could see my pubes, so they like picked the <laughs> chicken one. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with both. I mean, my poor mother's like, can't you just wear clothes? But Right. I don't really give a shit. Um, anyway, so at the party, they have, like, the red carpet, and the guy got to walk it, um, which I hate walking the red carpet. I never know how to smile, never how to look. I brought my friend Patty. You're good on. at it. I'm not. You and I poses. also, like, Photoshop the bags under my eyes. Like, I just look horrible. But um, anyway, so all of a sudden, the red carpet, like, right before we walk on, Patty and I, the the they stopped the red carpet. And I was like, what is going on? And, like, there's, like, all the photographers started losing their mind and, like, the security. And I was like, what is going on? Were you and Patty like, oh, they know we're here? I would... <laughs> Yes, yeah, we've I was, arrived. I was like, guys, come on. It's just one naked photo. I thought it was like Kim Kardashian. I broke the internet. And my friend Monet Exchange was like, oh, that means Janet's coming. I was like, what? And literally right in front of me no. is Janet fucking Jackson. And it was, I have to say this. The photos do not translate. That woman looks 18 years old. I mean, she looks so good. And the whole time I was staring at her, I thought to myself, LaToya. Right. What did you do wrong? Like your sister, everything. <laughs> everything. I mean, your sister looks so good. I, you have the same genetics. I would look at Janet and say, whatever she does, I'll do. But something now, with Latoya went horribly wrong. And then she gave a speech, right? And so um, I was sort of with my crew, like a bunch of drag queens. And um, was she with people? Like, was it, it must? She must have been with security. She, well, yeah, there was security, and they blocked. I mean, they had to stop the whole red carpet, and every gay wow. was losing their mind. And then she right. gave a speech, which I'm, yeah, it, that is it, like. It's like a danger zone for her to go to the Out 100, like, dropping in in front of, like, a bunch of gay men. Like, that's, like, pandemonium. That would be pandemonium. It was like the who in Cincinnati. People got trampled and never recovered. <laughs> they they died. But when Mateo she, killed a guy. She, yes, for Janet Jackson. And I'm going with Michelle Buteau to see Janet tomorrow. But um, 
I, oh, I have another thing to tell you. Okay, so, um, all right. Anyway, so she gives a speech, right? And in true gay form, where there's a bunch of gays in this goddamn room, and, uh, you know, it's really loud, and they have a gay performer, and no gay is listening to him. I mean, this is this is gay 101. This gay guy is on a piano. He's so goddamn talented, and every gay is like, who's that? Just chatting away. And then Janet comes out, and then it's, I mean, it gets so quiet. It is silent. <laughs> It is. And also, let me just say this. You have to be silent for Janet Jackson because she barely speaks. When she's she whispers. Oh, she whispers. She mumbles. It's like a fog machine. I mean, you have to really listen. And she's giving this speech the whole time. She's like, in my heart. Tells me that bu- 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 <laughs> I was like, I was like, did someone need to like burp her? Um, yeah. So I don't. Anyway, so it's cool to see Janet Jackson, and I'm excited to go see her perform. And she, you know, I truly believe she's. You know, I don't want her to sing live. She that I want to lip sync. Lip sync all you want. Really? Well, because it's not like Mar- Janet Jackson's never been known for like vocal acrobats. She whispers throughout every song and then she giggles at herself at every moment. Every right. song she laughs. Every song. Oh, for you. <laughs> You're always doing that. Who the fuck are you talking to, Janet? Right. So that- also, I guess yeah, that's a good point because the reason that you mind the Mariah lip syncing is she's known for her voice. With Janet, it's like. She's put it, she puts on She puts a on show. a show. She's dancing, she's moving, she's a fucking Jackson. Mariah, you know, fine, lay there on your goddamn couch and sing your high notes. Who gives a shit? By the way, I and I know I'm talking a lot because I want to get to you, but I also no, got I in a lot of I got in trouble for talking about Mariah Carey on page six. <gasps> oh, I told you about that in the last podcast. I got all these like No. I you did. didn't say you got it in trouble when I don't when we were going to the show, we started getting the tweets yeah well, they kept, about the, what you said i got tweets for a solid week from mariah fans telling oh. me my mother should have gotten an abortion so i said i'm glad you're pro-choice the thing to understand is that well it's always good to find the positivity and stuff but yes. the thing to understand mateo is a mariah carey fan that's why he's holding her to a higher standard yes like i love channing tatum and if all <laughs> of a sudden he was making cute you, you can't necessarily compare but i love him but if he was making all of a sudden like just like looking like crap and doing bad movies i think he doesn't look good like what's going on he maybe he's allergic to gluten like there's some kind of problem here (laughs) because i care it's because you care that you're saying hey she's like not doing her best her fans are enabling her and i saw that she left her manager did you see that thank god she left stella she left that woman there's a there's a there's a five percent chance we can get our diva back but she left that fucking woman and she looks good she looks good good. she's been losing weight she looks happy again she's she's not with that woman who worked her to death because also toxic relationships aren't just romantic relationships they could be friendships family we all can it's like you can have people in your life where you're like it's not someone you're dating but they can be like fucking you up yeah i mean yeah that's very true i wouldn't know about that because i haven't i don't have friends or relationships but uh, (laughs) so i wouldn't know um all right enough of me i oh but real quick we'll get to this in a minute i'm singing freddie mercury for about a thousand people tonight the hard rock cafe yeah how did that come about they asked me to do it they said the goddamn con jam's doing a show for ron bennington and they're like would you come sing freddie mercury and i was like you got it and then i realized i agreed to something i freddie mercury is harder to sing than mariah carey Wow. Like, and, I, mean, I love Ron Bennington. Love Ron him. Bennington is such a good example. And I, this actually ties into internalized homophobia for me. Because sometimes when I meet people 
that are so nice and so in no way phased by sexuality and in no way like because sometimes there'll be people that are like too into it like oh you're gay oh that's great like oh wow like like they're just trying to show you like i'm supporting this exactly and you feel uncomfortable or they're weird or they're just real and ron's someone who's super real and just always been he's a radio show host on serious just so great and like it it makes me feel like because when people say like oh is it harder being a woman in comedy or a gay person in comedy the fact that someone like him stands out so much because he's just like nice and supportive and helpful and not homophobic or sexist makes me be like, yeah, I think it is pretty tough because when someone's just like super wonderful, I remember them forever because it's like, there are so many shitty people out there. So like Ron, I'm like, I love Ron Bennington because he's just been, he's just such a great, like, and he's like super not homophobic. You know what I mean? Well, he's always supported my career. I mean, yes. <laughs> I've, always, I've always had a wonderful time. I would go on a show, and I would bring Billy Stretch, and I would sing, and he never judged me for having a knee problem. Never. <laughs> and his old, I forgot this, his old co-host was a gay guy. Uh, yeah, Fez. Fez was a gay guy. Yeah. How could I? I remember being in there, and it was the third time I'm on the show, and Fez starts crying. Now, I did not know Fez was gay. Like crying, crying? Like actual crying? crying. God, that's uncomfortable when people you don't know cry in front of you. I hate it so much. Well, so Ron goes, Fez is emotional. And then Fez is like weeping. And afterwards, I was like, I think this guy's gay. Because like for a straight man to be openly weeping, they would have been like, stop the show. Or like, I'm fine. But Fez was like, you know, crying and doing these little hand movements. And I was like thinking I, like, discovered something. <laughs> and so, like an, like an asshole, like, oh, Fez, are you in a relationship? Which probably don't ask someone who's crying if they're in a relationship. Right, because, because they're probably they're crying because of the goddamn relationship. <laughs> exactly. And then he goes, no, and I haven't had a boyfriend in forever. And I was like, oh, he's gay? And Ron was like, yeah, he is. Yeah, his but name's Fez, me- and he's crying. He's His name's Fez, and he's crying. But I loved it because... A lot of times when someone's gay, they're like, oh, Emma, you're gay. He's gay. Just so you both know, gay. And that's like something I do. So Ron had never said that Fez was gay. And that just was really cool to me, too. I have to say, you know, I always I had this joke because it's like it, and I forgot about it. But like gay people are always looking out for other gay people. Like we'll look for any hand movement. Like um, who yes. was that one football player was, that was really religious was that, that everybody – Who was the football player that was like super gay? Not gay, but he's religious. And t- what, Alex, do you know anything about oh, football? Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. That's it. And I remember there was a rumor that he was – allegedly. There was a rumor that he was gay, and there was like one video of him like moving his hand effeminately, and gays just passed that. Oh, round. And it's like, you know what I mean? And that's all it takes. You do one head movement, we're like, gay, I caught him, he's gay. And um, I also I also think that Mufasa's gay because he, um, you know, Mufasa the lion. Uh, the lion, yeah. Yes, there's that one scene where Zazu comes over. He just like yelled at Scar and Zazu flies. Zazu's also gay. Everyone, by the way, in Disney movies, gay. And um, Zazu flies over and lands on his shoulder and goes. Also not real. Uh, they're pretty real. And Zazu goes, um, he'd make a very nice throne rug. And then Mufasa just goes, Zazu. And I was like, gay. Yeah, I, th- I was going to say, I think it's confining for like straight people 
who then might get worried that their hand movements, because they should be able to do whatever hand movements they want oh, without I, like the gay community watching them. Like I knew it. Well, I think we just watch because it's we. I that's just natural for gays to. We're looking out for other gays to see like if, make sure we're not alone. Exactly right, and then like anything, it's like when we look out for it, then we like have a tendency to maybe blow it out of proportion. Blow it out of proportion. Well, every we gay want. person, we're always like, I think so-and-so is gay. And then we look for clues, and then if we get a smidge of a clue, we're like, boom, knew it. Yeah. Knew it. Yeah. But there's a lot so, of people. There's someone I used to be friends with who, like, we caught at a gay bar a few times by himself, and we're like, what are you doing here? Like, that's, like, the <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's like, oh, I'm here with my soccer team, and, like, no one was around. And we're like, okay. Yeah, you, you don't even play soccer. Was Did he come out? No, he's married. Hmm. But this is someone. Weird. From, this is someone from college. So maybe he was just trying to see if he was interested. Um, I feel like fine. I should say yes because that's like the appropriate thing to say. But I feel like gays always know, right? You know what I mean? I don't. I can't imagine. Like I was gonna say my brother, but he's gay. Um, you know, just <laughs> there's no. There's no, but my poor cousin Michael's like one of the only straight ones. So it's like that's the only gauge we have of like who's straight and how straight people act in my family. Are they like Michael? Yeah, are they like Mike? My, my aunt Cindy always says that. Like, well, this one guy made out with this other guy, and Kelly's like, my cousin Kelly's like, I think he's gay. And my aunt Cindy goes, All right, let me ask you that. If Mike started making out with another man, would you, is that, is that straight or gay? And we're like, Okay, yeah, you, you made a good point. Because he would still be straight. I mean, I don't think he'd ever make out with another man. That's the point. Well, that, right, exactly. True. Wait, so let's that, talk about you. You're in fucking Los Angeles. You've been there forever. I'm furious that you're I've not been, here. And I've you're been filming away forever. A, you're, up, you're filming a TV show. So this is what's happening. So I came in on a mon- No, I came in on Tuesday morning. I was with you at the college on Monday night. Come in Tuesday morning, and I go to a fitting. Now, a lot of times when you have someone dressing you, I'll be like, shit, because they'll put me in, like, uncomfortable clothes. Not that I've been dressed oh so many times, but the few times that I have, usually people are pretty good. But sometimes they'll be like, and here's a tiny pink sweater that shows, like, your belly button. And I'm like, what? First of all, straight people shouldn't even – feminine people shouldn't be wearing a, like, a belly button showing sweater. Unless you're Shania Twain in, like, the late 90s. Exactly. So there's always a little bit of like, oh, when I go into a fitting, because also I'm going to have to wear whatever they want. It's a TV show. This fitting was amazing. These women and people behind the show are all like incredible. Like it's like a super like there's a a woman director, a woman showrunner. There's like a bunch of women assistant producers. Like it's they're totally great. So all the clothes I'm in You're are on awesome. the Isle of Lesbos? No. None. No, I'm saying I'm saying like wasn't that like the Wonder Woman Island where everyone's a woman? Oh yes. Then that yes. There's ton yes, there's a ton of women. They uh I also didn't realize when I got it, I was telling everyone like who my character is and what they are in the show. I wasn't thinking that that's maybe a spoiler to the episode and the season so 
when I got it, I was like, I'm playing blah, 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 and I'm doing da-da-da. But I actually think I wasn't supposed to be doing that. Why? They have, to, like, they have to know who they're dressing. They can't just dress. What no, they-, they have to know. But I've been telling – I had been telling, other, like, oh. anybody that asked, like, oh, you're on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I'd be like, yeah, I'm blah, 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 blah. But it's actually – like a surprise it's gonna be like a well, surprise it's not game of thrones you know what i mean like it's fine and also they've got a very dedicated fan base though so all i'll say is i i'm someone's girlfriend on the show who I, has I, never had a girlfriend before but my mom so i tell my mom i go i was like i'm on this show it's on the cw or you can watch it on netflix so she's like i'll get it on i'll get it on netflix <laughs> i call her I think it was uh, uh, the next night, and she's like, I'm on the CW, and it's not here. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, I'm watching CW, and it's just ads. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend isn't playing all the time on the CW. It's just Fridays at 8 p.m. And she's like, oh. She's like, I, oh, I, I was saying, I, I don't get this. How so does your mom goes, not understand what time is? She kept- never watches TV ever. So then she goes on Netflix and starts watching some random episode. So I get another call, and she's like, who's this? What's happening? Where's their mother? She asked that. Where's their mother? (laughs) So I was like, no, you have to watch the first episode for it to make sense. And she's like, I don't like that. Then she gets to see the first episode, sees the girl who plays my girlfriend, and she's like, okay, I found your girlfriend. She's quite something. I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, who, who is she? Is she a lesbian? And I was like, no, she's not a lesbian. That's the whole plot twist. The character's never been with a woman before, but now all of a sudden she has a girlfriend. And my mom's like, so she's straight or bisexual? I'm like, she's, she's just, I don't know. It doesn't matter. She's like, well, well, is the actress straight or bi? Is the actress a lesbian? And I was like, nope. She's like, the actress isn't a lesbian and the character's not a lesbian, so who's the lesbian? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'm the. Le- it doesn't matter. It's for- It doesn't matter if the actress is anything. She's acting. She's an actress. She's like, I don't know. She's asked me if the actress is a lesbian probably four times. She's, like, I she's mean, not what, a lesbian. What, what does your mom want you to do? Like, just be yes, mom. She's a lesbian. That's what acting is. That's what actors what, do. And she, th- this actress is so good. She's nothing like the character, which to me, as a not actor, is like beyond. I get beyond impressed every time she goes into character because offset, she's like super chill, couldn't be nicer, so laid back. And then her character is just like, at least in the first season, is like this, like kind of like diva townie who's like self-absorbed and the actress could not be farther from that so to me like after every scene i'm like whoa that was crazy and she's like i'm I'm acting i'm like wow i mean how is it memorizing the lines that's the thing that i would be most upset like i would be i I can't i can barely memorize my goddamn zip code i mean how are you memorizing lines let me tell you a secret when you get first of all you have to you have to memorize all the lines it's just like I remember people saying, like, when you, the hardest part of getting into a college is, like, just getting in, and then once you're there, it's a little bit, it's easier, like, or, I forget what the hell the saying is, like, getting into Harvard's the hardest hardest part, I don't even, I'm too stupid to even relay the quote. <laughs> I was like, go on. <laughs> I didn't get into any colleges, never mind. Right. But, once you get the lines down when you're on set, 
they they retell them to you so you can so in it's not stand-up comedy so it's like in between takes you can be looking at your script you just have to have the cadence and the meaning down but the actual words they'll retell you the words like i mean they really make it so and they should because it's a lot of work but they god they make it easy for actors it's just like okay then you say this Yes, they feed you the lines. The part that's really hard is getting the meaning behind the lines and conveying them in a way that's like natural and brings texture to the whole scene. Um, excuse like, me, director. Um, I have a question about this line. Um, I find it a- exactly. Yeah, but I'm too nervous to ask like questions. So when I first the first day I was on set, I like didn't ask any questions, and that was probably the toughest day because then I saw everyone asking questions and I was like, Oh, we can do that. Like, all right. All right. And you know what? A... I think it's comedians. We're used to such grueling, difficult, hard, shitty, yes. awful, terrible shows, terrible people, terrible audiences, yes. driving hundreds of miles to perform for six drunks, that when you're right. an actor and you finally get the actual fucking gig, it's like you're just what you you think everything's supposed to be hard, but like it's not. Not that and it's I, not hard, but I'm just saying like you expect like you expect it to be grueling and it's like people like I was make talking it so with the talking with a cast member about that because like on set there's some you know in between takes, people like run up and touch up your makeup and do your hair, and then someone will bring you like coffee or soda or whatever. And when I first, when he ran over and was like, "Do you want a water?" I was like, "Oh, if you go back there, I love a water." When you're going back anyway, and he's like, "Well, I'll go get you a water." And I was like, "No, no, 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 you don't have to do that." And he was like, "It's my job." And I was like, "Nah, don't worry about it." <laughs> he, was, he was like, "No, that's his job. He'll get you the water." I, I did the same thing, Emma, when I was filming he, my Snapchat he show. He put a straw through the top of the water oh. bottle. He cut the water bottle top and put a straw in, and I was like, <gasps> "I thought I was gonna have to like give him like blow him or something." I was like, "I don't know what you're into, but like I don't you're like tipping the PA." I, that's what it. When I, Emma, like. I I did my Snapchat show when I was in LA. Oh, by the way, it comes out at the end of this month on Snapchat. It's Ooh, called Ghost Hunt. Everyone wait. watch it. Um, What's I should, it called? It's called Ghost Hunt. I'll I'll talk about that next. But, ghost um, Hunt. Yeah, it comes out at the end of this month. And do um, you hunt ghosts? No, 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 no. I'll explain it in a minute. But I was the same way when I had PAs work. Right? They'd be like. Um, Oh, what do you? A PA is a term for production assistant, and they just do anything for you. Like if I was like, you know, um, I don't know, I, whatever, they'll do anything. And so I was like, oh, yeah, like I need a water. Okay, well, I'll go get it right now. I kept being as the same way. I was like, no, 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 don't worry, I'll go get it later. Don't worry about this, blah blah. And finally, the director had to be like, it's so, it's you have to stop apologizing to these PAs. They're here to help you. But I'm right. just so used to be. I just am so much that guy that I don't yep. know. I don't have that like diva quality to be like, fetch me this. Of course, and also logistically, it makes sense if you're needed some place and you're filming. It makes more sense for them to have someone get you water, so you're not like leaving set to go get yourself water. Right, because they need you there. Or like they're like, okay, you need to be sitting in the air conditioning so you're not sweating. But you feel like sweating an asshole because everybody off. else is like in the heat and you're sitting in a car like la, 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 and you're just... I, I the first day that we were filming they had um, like a whole like table of like snacks 
And then at about, well, first, the very beginning, she said, everyone gets here at 6 a.m. for breakfast. So I got there right at 6 a.m. and there was this huge breakfast. There was a guy making fresh juice. But what there wasn't was any other people. Because I think it was like the thing where it's like, oh, we all get here at 6 a.m. But like everyone knows that's not true. So I was there at 6 a.m. in a giant tent eating breakfast by myself because I was the only idiot that got there an hour early. So then around 10 o'clock, everyone's there and there was a, a snack table set up and they had different kinds of hot dogs, veggie dogs, turkey dogs, beef dogs. We break at lunch, and I go over to the table, and it's the same hot dog. So I was like, oh, this!" I thought that was weird. I was like, this is weird. They didn't put out new lunch food. But I grab a couple veggie dogs and, like, sit on and eat them. And then about 20 minutes later, an actress comes over and was like, hey, Emma, like, you know that there's um, food out there, like lunch is out there. This is craft services. I thought that the snack table was also the lunch table. I didn't know that they had a whole other like lunch operation. And then I, so I go out this door and there's just like a tent. They had like doubled the breakfast tent and there was like cooks and salmon and chicken and desserts and fruits, like this magical thing. And she was like, did you think that the hot dog snack station was the lunch? (laughs) I had had eaten. I was like, Oh, I, I'm actually not hungry. I already ate like five hot dogs. because I thought that was the lunch. And she was like, Oh yeah, you'll it's yeah, it's okay. Oh my God. Emma, I feel bad. I felt I feel bad for myself too. And I did think it was weird. Like I was like, this is weird that they wouldn't put out, new hot dogs like they weren't like this is strange but it's just but like, whatever yeah i mean we, we literally we're used to drink tickets exactly so i was just it, i thought it was weird but i wasn't gonna ask any questions and then when i went out it was like oh i was like salmon fish sauces oh my god <laughs> just, just like a beaten down country i was kid. gonna say let everyone know you do not come from money let everyone know, because I'm the same way. If I see, well, I'm upper middle. I'm, I'm definitely. I was definitely like middle class, upper middle class. Like I shouldn't be anything that I am like shocked by in like niceness of living is self inflicted from me choosing something where <laughs> I'm not around anything fancy. Because my I grew up with like tons of nice stuff, but then Did you I really? like depart. Yeah, but I departed from all of it when I was like, I want to be in entertainment. Oh, you're like Rose from Titanic. It was like, because I went to, when I was a kid, I would go to, like, summer camp. I went to prep school. Oh, my God, Emma. Are you joking? I would never, are you kidding me? Yeah. I first no, of all, when you're from an Italian family like mine, everyone goes to prep school and my everyone my sister, everyone went to prep school. I went to prep dyslexic school, got kicked out, went to public school. But I, I grew up with I, all that stuff. But I, then when I was like, I'm not going to go in the same I'm going to try to do something different. Then that's when I started being like, wow. Camp for me as a kid was just going to my Aunt Cindy's house. Like there was never, I've never been to a camp. Like that was one thing. I I, went to camp. We didn't didn't even go on vacation. I had to share a room with my brother till I was like 17. Yeah. If we went to, I went to this Jewish camp because like everyone, well, everyone that goes to camp, it's a very culturally Jewish. Yeah. It's very Jewish. Cause I taught at a Jewish art camp once. Ooh, was it Camp Kohut? Uh, yeah, it was just during the day. Like we would just—it was like they would be dropped off at nine and picked up at four. But I loved it. Mine, I, I loved mine those was kids. Ca- 
called Camp Coet, and I remember having a crush on one of the counselors where I didn't know at the time because I was probably like, I think I was probably in like fourth or fifth grade, but I remember writing her like letters. Saying what? I mean, I can't even imagine. Like probably like telling her about like my day or asking how hurt I was or that I thought she was pretty. Like just we like fucking. And I'm sure it was undiagnosed dyslexic, so everything spelled wrong. Like (laughs) I'm sure that the me think pretty of you today bottle exactly ice cream. I probably I remember her like reading them, being like, "I got your letter." Well, in your head, you're like, "Therefore, out thou, I miss the day when we will see the touch of each other's love once again." <laughs> but then she just reads like, "Never gone ever to Emma like food, you pretty." I probably <laughs> gave like gave her my grilled cheese. Actually, I, no, I probably did I not. Imagine, you know when like kids are like possessed and they like scribble uncontrollably in their books with like a red crayon. That's yeah, what I imagine I still do her. That. I, <laughs> That's me trying to write. I still do that. Are you? Because uh, I have horrible handwriting. What is your handwriting? Horrible. Like? horrible. My I, handwriting is. We should have someone. People can. People can do those like assessments of handwriting, like, and then they tell you certain things about your personality based on your handwriting. We should get those done. I'm just afraid they'll tell me I'm like a serial killer. I'm afraid that they're going to tell me that I'm a full blown you know, 90-year-old woman. <laughs> They're going to say, this This handwriting is rare because it comes from Mary Berry. We'll be, and we're both so gullible, we'll be like, or I am. Are you, are I'll, you so I'll believe it. I'll believe it. Yeah. I'll be like, I'm a serial killer and he's a woman? Like, I No, not it. a woman. I'm an old woman. An old woman. Yes, in my early hundreds. Have you been doing any dating? Um, I mean... That's a whole other debacle. I, we literally have five minutes. I don't even have okay. the time to get into. We're gonna have to wait till we for the next episode because we'll yes, I have episode. a lot to discuss. Because I also want to talk about, and only if you're comfortable with it. Uh, I had a thought on the Louis C.K. thing. I know everyone's talking about the Louis C.K. thing to death, and I I've been getting lots of messages from people since I was with him for those three weeks. Messages from people like, "Did that happen with you?" and no, but if it did, it, I would feel very uncomfortable the way everyone, everyone's like asking me about it. But, uh, but not at all. But it made me think because in his confession, he there was the thing he masturbated when he was on the phone with someone. Now, tell me if this is there's been been like a million times, give or take, where I've like hooked up with people while they're on the phone like when i start dating girls a lot of times i used to do it it'd be like a fun game like they'd be on the phone and like i'd start i've had i've had tons of sex with people while they're on the phone with someone else and then it made me be like oh how bad is that i think it's first of all i don't know if you should be confessing this and well no because secondly it was, i don't think you were ever wielding your power over somebody well, i obviously else. have no power and no one ever knew <laughs> no one the people on the other line never knew and it would be like me with a girl doing stuff to them when they'd be like talking to their banker or something um i think it's different i'm scared i'm perverted I think everyone is. I think everyone's That's literally. What I'm saying. Everyone when is I horrified. That, I've like, been getting apologies from women and men 
like for you being like, oh, I'm sorry if I ever made you feel uncomfortable. I'm like, you were joke. What are you talking? Like, there's just a clear a difference when line. someone is when you're bringing somebody out with you and you know that they respect you and you you hold a certain amount of power over them and you you cross that line and you abuse that power by getting off to it, knowing that they can't say anything about it. That's very right. different than like you know two friends who are consensual and are joking between each other. Well, also, well, the per I remember it, like, I have a very clear memory of it, like, maybe, I think it was, like, two years ago or something, I was with someone, and she was on, like, a business call, like, a conference call, and I kind of started doing stuff for her, and then I was, like, like, because, like, that was part of the turnout, I was, like, you control your voice so they can't tell, like, I'm doing anything to you, and I'll stop if your voice changes, and uh, so I, like, did stuff to her while she was on a conference call for work. <laughs> I can't believe that you're like feeling you have to get this off your chest. Well, I like when I read that, I felt bad. I was like, wait a minute. Everyone's <laughs> doing that. Everyone's reading and thinking it's going to be me, me next because I jacked off in the seventh grade. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, right. it's we're all thinking the same thing, but it's like, I think there's a clear I difference. Just, I just think I can't. I would imagine. love to see you in the headlines, though. Well, oh my god, and then I'd be like, I knew I'm in, I'm a but Lesbian also, CW star arrested! <laughs> well, I also, I feel bad about so many things that I couldn't imagine, like, imagine if you actually do something wrong, how do you live with that I think guilt? you, like, I think that's, I, I think there's a whole, I love how we have two minutes left and you're just like dying, I know, aren't I diving into things? this thing. Well, okay, then why don't we just save this for the next episode, We, uh, which you'll be here in person. Um, yes. We're going to be we'll talking be about ep- my dating episode. catastrophe. And Can't then we'll wait. just talk about I, Louis, the sexual allegation. I don't know. Maybe not. Well, maybe we'll skip over. I just think it's been talked about. And oh, that was all I wanted to say. Is that, I mean, I don't think you did. I don't think you've done anything wrong, Emma. I think you're fine. Okay. I think you're not going to... If you did go to jail, I would go sit and record with you in jail. I appreciate that. Oh, that would be... Yeah. That would be a very... You would tell me all about your experience. You go from the set of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, where PAs are cutting off water bottles and putting straws in them for you, to jail and whose bitch you've become. Yeah, You think I would be the bitch in the relationship? When you first go in, you have to be, right? You can't just go in and be like, I run this place and start making demands. You want to know a secret? Yeah. I feel like I always am the bitch in the relationship. I disagree. I feel like I'm always getting, like, bossed around, kind of. I completely disagree. Ooh, I can't wait to hear more. (laughs) I'm excited. I, yeah. Oh, I have so much to tell you, but I guess we'll Well, we'll do it on the next episode, and people go to MateoLane.com and EmmaComedy.com, and we love meeting you guys. Um, And you know what? Tweet at us. If you listen to the podcast- Tweet at us because then we know what people like and don't like and like what we yes. can keep talking about. It really it does help us out a lot. It does help. And we do we have some questions um that we will get to as well. We yeah. did not forget. No question has been forgotten. And no question will go unturned. Is that a phrase? Yes. I, I think know. it's but no question will go unturned. Well, I'm very excited to see you this week. Um, Likewise. It's going to be so nice to see you. I haven't seen I miss you, Emma. Likewise. I miss New York. Oh, I see. You don't miss me. You miss New no, York. No, I do. <laughs> I see what that was. That was a no. <laughs> number one shade. That, was, that came out wrong. I was like, I miss you. You're like, God, I miss New York. 
that came out wrong. I was like, okay, well, I thought I would be vulnerable and express my feelings to Emma. <laughs> Turns out I can't even do that with my, my best friends. <laughs> that came out wrong. I don't hear you I correcting you. yourself. I hear you saying it came out wrong, and now you're not correcting yourself. I miss you, too. I miss oh, you now too. you've been forced to say it. No, I miss you, too. I miss you, and I miss New York, and I miss all the stuff. Oh, please. Well, listen, <laughs> son of a bitch, go get your goddamn iced coffee from your PA who's cutting off a bottle and putting a straw in it. Um, I'll right. call you. I'm going to call your cell phone now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Bye, everyone. Awesome. Thanks for listening. Bye. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening.